Thank you for listening to audio from First Baptist Church of Flora. If you would like more information about our church, please visit www.fbcflora.org. You know, I've never built a house before. How many of y'all built a house? Raise your hand. I know a bunch of y'all have. A bunch of y'all have built a house. I've never built a house before. Uh, I know folks uh, that you know, do that, and some people love to do that. Some people have built multiple houses over the course of their lives and, you know, enjoy doing. I've also heard others say that it's a quick way to mess up a good marriage, you know. And so uh, I, just, I just never have, uh, never built one. And so even though I've never built a house, uh, and I wouldn't try to tell anybody how to do that, there's, there are folks in this room that come up here and, and give detailed uh, instructions on how to build a house but I do know that there are stages and so I'm gonna do I'm gonna just uh, I'm just see if I get it get close to it so some of y'all can say yes or no to it whatever um, but uh, so I know there are different stages that it when you're built deciding to build a house first of all I mean you obviously you decide that you want to build one you know and you start looking for designs you maybe go right around look at houses look at books whatever magazines whatever uh, start trying to decide exactly what kind of house what size what style how big all that kind of thing and so you kind of start there just get the idea that you want to do that and then then you make sure you got the money to do it that, that's pretty important too and if you don't have the land then you got to secure some land a, a place to build your house and and um, and then start doing the dirt work whatever needs to be done there on the dirt work and and getting that part ready and then very very important um, you got to lay a good foundation you got to make sure that foundation is right it's good, it's solid, so important for that to be right. If you don't get that right, then down the road, it's gonna, you're going to have problems later on. If that It could be a long time, but if the foundation isn't right, then uh, you're going to have some problems down the road. So then, then you start framing it up and, and uh, start roughing in electrical and plumbing and HVAC and, and uh, uh, insulation, stuff like that. Am I doing okay so far? Am I uh, I'm okay so far? So... Uh, you know, once you do that, then you start doing some interior stuff, interior walls and things like that, fixtures, and then maybe start some exterior things along the way there, exterior walls and stuff like that. And, and, and then as you do that, you just keep progressing uh, inside and start making more detailed decisions about uh, personal preference stuff. You know, the kind of cabinetry you want, the kind of flooring. You're going to do hardwood. You're going to put stained concrete. You're going to do carpet whatever and start making some of those kinds of decisions that are more personal preference what you know what's your shower head going to look like i mean what kind of what kind of uh, light fixtures are you going to have and 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 things like that start doing that, that more personal preference stuff and just keep on going till you finish it out and then kind of you know it, and then maybe get to the part doing some landscaping outside and 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 that and and then and then it's like okay i think we're done let's do our final walk through everything looks good and then you move in and you start living there is that close did i get did i get pretty close all right so windows all right gotta have windows so i knew i'd miss something so that's right gotta have some windows all right so i knew some i knew something was missing but anyway so see it's just an ongoing process it's just this ongoing process that you got to do um and you got decisions that that have to be made all along the way Decisions made, um, inspections done, uh, change orders, things like that when you, you know, decide that something's got to be changed. And then even after you move in and you start living there, it's still an ongoing process because something's going to break. 
window's going to get broken. I mean, you're going to throw a rock through mowing the yard. You're going to, air conditioner's going to go out. The plumbing's going to get clogged up. You've got stuff just ongoing that you have to, you're going to have to replace the roof uh, years down the road unless you have a hailstorm or something. Eventually, you're going to have to replace the roof. And, or, you know, maybe, maybe you say, man, let's just knock this wall out. Let's, you know, and then it's like, you know, you change everything. You change the whole room or add on to it. So it's just this ongoing process even after you move in and start living in that house so that's building a house when you're building a home and you're building a family it's the same way I mean, you're going to go through stages there will be stages that you will go through you know, you think about, so you've got the newlywed, you know, newlywed, some of y'all are, you know, been married one, two years or so, something like that, you just, you're just giddy with each other, and those who've been married 30, 40 years go, oh my goodness, you know, but it's just, you just, you're, you start early, you know, you're married, and you get this thing going, and you're, you're newlyweds, and, and, and those early years of marriage, and trying to figure out what it's like to, to live with this person 24 hours and he, he does things that you never knew that he did and she does things oh my gosh where where did that come from and, that, and so you just kind of learn as you start getting into this thing and then you you know and then if the lord brings some kids into the picture well that that flips the page to the next chapter and and so kids come into the picture and that brings a whole set of different circumstances and different stage of life depending on the stage of the kids and in this room we've got kids in all stages of life i mean you some of y'all got little newborns and little ankle biters that are just running around and they're some of them are in the terrible twos and so you got all that going on and some of you got school-age kids and so you're getting into the ball stuff and the and the, and 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 cheerleading competitions and band concerts and 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 dance recitals and uh, tournaments all over the place and th that's going on and you're, you're doing all this and then they hit those teenage years and it's like what have we done why did we do this why do we have these children i mean what is this all about and and all of that and 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 so and but even while, so even while that's going on you still have a spouse that you need to make sure that you're still investing there and and doing all that because then you will get to the next stage that some of us are at and that is the empty nest can i get a hallelujah in the house the kids are gone and and so uh but they keep coming back where's rachel and you know and 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 so they you know the so you know then you got the empty nest thing going on and so that can be a very enjoyable time that yes i mean it's a different stage and so now you've got this time to, to really enjoy being with that spouse that you've got or it might be a time where you find out that because there was so much stuff going on over the last years with kids that you maybe neglected and it happens y'all you neglected because because and it's just real life come on can we just be uh, it's just real life you just get so busy with kids and you're running and you're doing and you're working and you get all this kind of stuff because in the midst of all this you got a career going on and you're trying to figure this out and doing this and and all of this and life is happening and stuff and good stuff's happening and terrible stuff's happening and stuff like that and then you find out sometimes you find out we miss some stuff back here we forgot to do some stuff we didn't and and so then now you've got a different thing going on because now you really do go okay what do i do with this person <laughs> and 
And then sometimes in the midst of that, then you throw in this thing called the midlife crisis. It's a real deal, and, and where, where you just start, you start regretting some things that you didn't get to do, or you things that you did that you wish you hadn't done, and so you try to cover up those things and stuff like that by going in some directions in your life with this midlife, and all of that enters into the process. And, it's, and, then, and then the kids are still around, and then you move into the next stage where you move on further, and then some, they have some kids, and some grandkids get thrown into the mix and stuff like that. And then you move on to that next stage where, you know, you get to those years of going, okay, is, uh, you know, time to retire, time to do this, and maybe then you start dealing with some health issues, and, you know, maybe that retirement's going to be long and enjoyable, and you're going to get to go do all the things that you want to do. Vicky and I have a bucket list that we want to go to every major league baseball stadium in the in the country and see a baseball game in every stadium in the country that's that's one of our bucket lists we whether or not we get to do that remains to be seen because my daddy right after he retired alzheimer's hit him and retirement was not enjoyable for mom and daddy to a great degree and then the kids are still around, and the grandkids are around. So you see, and, and so you still, you're in these stages, and it keeps on going. So no matter where you are in all of those, and in this room, we cover almost all of them. There's always stuff to be done. There's always things to be done. And so today we're starting this sermon series called Homework, Homework. Because to build a home, it is work. To build a house, it is work. To build a home, it is work. And so today we're going to be talking about the building blocks. Let me go ahead and just give you a heads up where we're going to go the rest of the month, Lord willing. If we get to stay in this and he, Jesus doesn't call us home, then, then this is the direction we're going to go for the next few weeks. So today's building blocks, next Sunday, uh, is going to be the call to be a mom. It's Mother's Day, so we're going to talk about the calling to be a mother. And the next week we're going to talk about the heart of a father. It's not Father's Day, but we're going to pick up on the father's side of things and, and do the heart of a father. The next week we're going to, uh, we're going to talk about uh, bringing your kids to Christ. And then the last Sunday of the month, Lord willing, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about, I'm going to do a sermon on the media monster and talk about the influence of media in our lives and our kids' lives and all that kind of stuff. At the same time that we're doing that, you know that, uh, I've already told you this, but just reminding some of you don't know this, at the same time that we're doing that on Sunday mornings, on Wednesday night, we are going to focus more concisely, more uh, uh, directly on the marriage side of things. So Sunday mornings is going to be more broad and general with family and mom and dad and kids and and media stuff and then on wednesday nights we're going to zero in on uh marriage in particular and so this wednesday night my plan is to just talk about some basic core principles that are needed for a strong christian marriage the next wednesday night uh dr jeff parker and his wife sheila jeff is the pastor of Southside baptist in jackson he preached in our revival last year uh, Jeff and his wife Sheila are going to come the next that second Wednesday night and share with us. The third Wednesday night, I'm going to it's going to be me again teaching on what marriage is and what marriage isn't. And then the last Wednesday night, Dr. Ron Mumbauer, who's here with us today, one of our church members who retired uh, marriage and family uh, counselor from First Baptist Jackson, still still doing a lot of counseling. Is uh, Ron's going to be with us that last Wednesday night and share with us on this too? So that's that's the, that's where we're going uh, over the course of this month of may so i hope that you know you can be a part of sundays and wednesdays 6 30 on wednesday night over in the sanctuary is refresh so come and hang out with us over there invite somebody to come <coughs> you know even 
single folks that that are, you know maybe thinking about getting married or, or whatever and and uh so that anyway that's what we're going to do so today let's start with these building blocks grab your bibles i hope you got your bible with you turn to uh, genesis chapter one two and three we're not going to read all three of those past chapters obviously but uh genesis is the first book of the bible and so uh genesis chapter one and just to give us a place to jump off on today and get started with uh i'm going to start with genesis chapter one and we're going to read verses 26 through 31. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 31. So as you're turning, would you stand, please? And let's read the scriptures together. The public reading of scripture is uh, uh, such an important part of corporate worship. So let's do it. Then God said, let us, there's the Trinity right there. Doctrine of the Trinity, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let us, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so god created man in his own image in the image of god he created him male and female he created them and god blessed them and god said to them be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth and God said behold I've given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed and its fruit you shall have them for food and to every beast of the earth and to every birds of the bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth everything that has the breath of life I have given every green plant for food and so and it was so and God saw everything that he had made and behold it was very good that's the only place where it says very good every other place he said it was good but after he finished and after he created man and, and, and all of that humanity, he said it's very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. May God bless the reading of his word this morning. Let's pray. Father, uh, once again, asking you, Father, for the power of your Holy Spirit and the presence and the teaching of your Holy Spirit to work in this room today as we study your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks so much. You may be seated. You're probably uh, pretty familiar, could be pretty familiar with Genesis chapter 1 and 2. The, the account of creation uh, and, and uh, the creation of everything. So just a reminder of what God did on those six days. Day number one, he created light. Day number two, sky and atmosphere. Day number three, dry land and plants. Day number four, sun, moon, and stars. Day five, birds and sea creatures. Day six, land, animals, and humans. Day seven was the day of rest. Creation was complete. Uh, God created it all. Amen? God created it. And there, it, it, it. He created it, and he created it for his glory. There is just absolutely no way to not to deny, and folks do all the time, but I, I, I just, there's, in, my, in my opinion and my belief to the core of my soul that there is no way to deny that he is the creator God when you look at the beauty and the intricacies of nature and creation i mean when you look at the human body and just the function of the human the function of your eyes and your ears and my voice and and even the act of what i mean i'm not even you know it's bad enough for me to try to explain how to build a house i sure ain't gonna try, try to explain how everything works in your body but it, that's what i'm talking about it's just astoundingly amazing the intricacies of the human body and just all when you look around i mean the the billions and the billions and the billions of stars and 
galaxies and all of that. We just can't get our brain around it. And the songs of the birds, man, it's just, even that, I'm just so struck by birds and their singing. Just that you got all of these different birds and they all sing a different song and they all sing a different way. And it's just amazing to me how that works and they're all praising God and just the majesty of the mountains whether it's the Rockies or the Smokies or the Himalayas or the Andes or wherever it is just the majesty of the mountains and the vastness of the oceans we just have to declare with the psalmist O Lord our Lord how majestic is your name in all the earth he is an amazing God created it all and so the application of this message today is that if we want our home and family to be strong and honor God, we must build them His way. He created it all, as we're just going to see here in just a moment. He created home. He created family. And so we've got to build it His way. So no matter which one of those stages that you're in, when I went, and maybe I missed a stage or two, maybe I missed a place where you are, but no matter where you are, whether you're newlywed, no kids, whether you're baby kids, preschool kids, elementary, uh, teenage, grown kids, wherever you are, these building blocks that we're going to talk about today are so, so, so important. No matter what stage of life you're in, no matter where you are in your home and your family, here are those building blocks. Number one, the home and family are God's plan. They are God's plan, just like the mountains and the trees and the sky and the sun and the moon and the stars and the birds and the fish and all of that. The home and family are God's plan. There are a lot of great, great books written by lots of really cool people on the family and marriage and home you think about james dobson i mean he's kind of like the uh you know the the old sage that's been around for a long time just kind of on the family kind of thing you know i remember i i remember uh uh one time uh, i was um you know i was having to have the talk with my oldest son one time and the way that conversation came about i'll tell you at another time but it's pretty funny i'm just telling you but uh when and so in the middle of me trying to figure out how i'm going to tell this kid what it's all about i remember thinking what would james dobson do i mean how would how would james dobson do this i mean just so you got guys like him henry cloud's another one that's around that's doing some really good stuff right now on on marriage things and 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 uh Steve Farrar just passed away uh, uh, several weeks ago. Steve Farrar, John Eldridge, Tony Evans, those guys have written some great books on uh, men's issues and things like that. You ladies, I know y'all like Lisa Turkhurst and, and Priscilla Shire. Man, give me some Priscilla Shire, man. I'm telling you what, let that girl go to preaching. It's just amazing. But anyway, I know she's written a lot of good stuff on uh, both of them. And there's others. But So great, great people. And I recommend a lot of those people because they base theirs on this because this is the book amen this is the book on home and family from beginning to end you find the principles upon which the home and family absolutely must be built and i mean it goes back even to this i mean it gets it gets this minute look back at uh, genesis chapter 1 verse 26 and 27 then god said let us make man in our image, after our likeness, dominion over the fish, the birds, the livestock, 
uh, creeping things. And then verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So God's plan is that there are only two genders. Male and female. That's God's plan. And he hadn't changed his mind. And he hadn't changed his plan. That's it. Male and female, he created them, period. And our arch enemy is working so hard, Satan has so blinded the minds of the unbelievers and so distorted this foundational truth from the very beginning of time. Satan has gone back and attacked this foundational truth that now we have gone stark raving crazy in our nation. Just this past Wednesday night, if, we had a great group in Refresh Wednesday night, about, and, and, but if you weren't there, it, it wasn't this big a group, so I want to share what I shared with the Refresh group Wednesday night from a sermon that I read uh, from a guy that's a professor at Southern Seminary up in Louisville, Kentucky, a sermon he preached at a church that he's pastoring, and this was the introduction to his sermon. He said, last week, the Biden administration released two documents making policy recommendations concerning the care of children who are experiencing feelings of gender confusion. Perhaps you can guess what those recommendations are. They recommend putting minor children on puberty blockers to keep their bodies from maturing and becoming fully developed. They allow infusion of opposite sex hormones into minor children. They even allow for sex change surgeries in minor children where it is medically recommended. And to make it worse, it even allows the possibility that children might be taken away from parents in cases where parents refuse to endorse a child's transgender identity and the barbaric medical treatments that go along with it. It's an absolute outrage. It's not based on science. It's based on LGBTQ plus propaganda. Children's bodies are being sacrificed for someone's sick political ideology. That's where we are. And the enemy has gone, oh, this is where it all begins. The enemy's attacks are directed now at the very foundation of who you and, are, you and I are created to be. But God's plan from the beginning of time is that there are male human beings and female human beings, and He has not changed, and He will not change. Amen? He won't change. So you see, it, even God's plan starts right here. That, in our day and age, we have to get that specific about it. And then you go to this. Look at Genesis chapter 2, verses 18 through 25. I'm not going to read the whole passage there, but you look at Genesis 2, 18 through 25. God said, verse 18, it's not good for man to be alone. I'll make a helper fit for him. If, if we men were alone, we'd just be lost. We'd just wander around running into walls and stuff without our wives around. But it's not good that the man should be alone. I'll make a helper fit for him. And then you look down. Uh, verse 24, and therefore man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So here's the next thing. Along those same lines, it's crystal clear that God says there's male and female, and it's also crystal clear from the Word of God that his plan for marriage is for one man to be married to one woman for their entire lives. And so to approve or sanction or celebrate or glorify same-sex marriage is absolutely 100% contrary to the unchanging truth of God's Word. And we have whole denominations now. Christ, quote, 
Christian denominations now, whole denominations that have wholeheartedly given over to this and said, yes, we're going to approve it, we're going to sanction it, we're going to sanction it, we're going to glorify it, we're going to let... We're going to let them serve as pastors and priests and all that kind of stuff. And it is just an abomination in the eyes of God. Because if, we're going, if we want to build our homes and our families according to God's plan, and look, you can, build, you can build your home and your family according to whatever plan you want to. When you built your house, you looked at multiple plans and you, choose one, you chose one. Same is true with your home and family. You choose whatever plan you want to choose. But I'm telling you, if you don't build it according to God's plan, then you're building on, like Jesus said, on a foundation of sand. And it's not going to last. When you start messing with these foundational things, when you just start messing with male and female, and you start messing with the biblical definition of marriage, like we, we ain't just messed with it. We have wholeheartedly in our nation given ourselves completely over to both of these things and you start doing that then you rip up the very foundation upon which our homes and families are built and that my friends is one of the main reasons why our nation's in the trouble that we're in right now because this is God's plan you build your home and your family the home and family are God's plan not not the plans of Washington not the plans of ungodly people the home and family are God's plan. Secondly, secondly, the home and family operate according to God's principles. Operate according to God's principles. So all throughout these three chapters, Genesis 1, 2, and 3, we see life principles that God established here for Adam and Eve and now for us. It's just some basic stuff. Just Again, this, some of this is just very, very basic stuff. You look at Genesis 1, 28. Uh, right after he created man, male and female, he said, and God blessed them, and he said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. So he just says, have kids. I mean, so that's just, that's one of his principles, is, just, is have kids. Some of you, some of you are not able to understand that, uh, uh, and that's a struggle for a lot of folks, and so adoption is an option. I know some of we've got folks in our, in our midst today that have adopted our own family. Uh, Rachel and Wesley have adopted, uh, John Anderson, and things like that, and so uh, that's, that's another option. But God just says, have kids. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth. Now, you ain't got to fill the earth by yourself, but I'm just saying that he said to be fruitful and multiply. Have kids. And then secondly, you look at the second part of verse, verse 28. Fill the earth and subdue it. In other words, you, you, we rule over creation. We cultivate it. We work. We work the land. We work in this world. We, we are God's representative in this world, and we rule over all things in his name. So that's just another one of these foundational principles. Look at chapter 2, verse 15. Look at verse, chapter 2, verse 15. So the Lord God took the man, took Adam, and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. You, so look, you're just supposed to be a hard worker. Just, you're just supposed to be a hard worker. Hadn't we messed that up in our nation? You see how Satan's just pulling all of these foundations? These are just foundational principles, biblical principles. The, the principle of some, the biblical principle, uh, for somebody just to say, I'm not going to work. I'm just not going to work. I'm able to, but I'm just not going to work is sinful. It goes against God's principles. You're just supposed to work. I mean, and the Bible has a whole lot to say about laziness and slothfulness. I mean, you go to the book of Proverbs, there's multiple places in the book of Proverbs to talk about how bad it is for you just to be a 
lazy, slothful slob and not serve and work. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 4 says, Lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands produce wealth. See, you're just supposed to work. And that, I'm, I'm surprised. That's just what God says you're supposed to do. It's just a principle that he's given to us. And then keep on going, verses 16 and 17 in chapter 2. And the Lord God commanded Adam and said, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day you eat it, you're going to die. So the principle there is obey God. <laughs> just obey God. If God says do something, do it. God says don't do something, don't do it. I mean, that's just, that's just it. That's just a, a biblical principle. And our homes and families are built on those principles. Homes and families also accomplish God's purposes. I've already given you one, one of those purposes is to have kids. You know, that's just one of those purposes. But here's another purpose, y'all. Enjoyment. One of God's purposes for our lives and for our homes and our families is enjoyment. He just wants you to enjoy it. Now, I'm not saying it's always going to be good. Understand that with you. Got it. Understand. Been there. Done that. We'll be there and do that again. That there are times that it will be hard. And there will be times when it's not enjoyable. When, when something happens in the marriage and the marriage gets messed up and gets on rocky ground and, and, and you're, or kids rebel or having difficulty and you've got to deal with that and it's just not fun. It's not enjoy, enjoyable. But I'm just telling you, part of God's... He just loves us and He has just blessed us and He just wants to, us to enjoy the blessings that He's given to us. He just does. He just pours out his blessings to us. He's not some cosmic killjoy up there who doesn't want us to have any fun in life or enjoy the blessings that he's so abundantly given to us. He's given them to us. Look at this. Look at chapter, uh, chapter 2, verse 24. already read it, but look at it again. Chapter 2, verse 24. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold, hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. They shall become one flesh. That is... The biblical description of sexual intimacy. The two become one flesh. That's the biblical description of sexual intimacy. And God has blessed us and He has given us that blessing of sexual intimacy that is to be enjoyed in the marriage relationship. Outside of the marriage relationship, it's a sin. An abomination of God. Premarital sex, uh, extramarital sex, is wrong and is it may be enjoyable for the moment but you will pay the consequences severe consequences for that but inside the beauty of god's ordained god's christ exalting marriage relationship that is just something that god gives to us to enjoy just to enjoy it and be intimate together with that he just wants it that's just a principle and a purpose of god in our marriage in our family is to just enjoy it. To enjoy being with your husband or wife. To enjoy being with those kids. To enjoy the, the stages of life that you go through. It's another purpose of the home and family. And that is that marriage is a picture of the gospel. Your marriage is a picture of the gospel. One of the main reasons, if not the main reason, that we need to hold on to the biblical plan of marriage we already talked about the man 
shall cleave to the woman, the husband to the wife. That picture, the other pictures that the world has, don't, they don't fit this. But the biblical plan of the husband and the wife coming together and being together, that biblical plan is a picture of the gospel. Because it's, it shows, it's a picture of our unbreakable union with God when we come into a relationship with Him. It's that picture. And even in Old Testament, God used the marriage, the imagery of marriage in the Old Testament to describe His relationship with His people. In fact, there's a place in Jeremiah chapter 3 that one time His people had rebelled against Him. And so in that, He said, that's like a wife cheating on a husband. When his children had rebelled against him, in Jeremiah 3.20, he said, that's like a wife cheating on their husband. So he used that imagery because that's what a marriage, a marriage is supposed to show, that relationship. And when we rebel against God, it's like a wife cheating or a husband cheating. And then, of course, you go to the New Testament. You talk about the church, the body of Christ. We are the bride of Christ. And Jesus Christ is our bridegroom. And one day the groom... Is coming back to get his bride and take us home with him. And Paul talked about in, that in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 31 and 32. He quoted right out of Genesis, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, hold fast his wife, and the two become one flesh. And then Paul went on to say, say, This is a mystery that is very profound. And he said, And I am talking about Christ and the church. And so our marriages are to be a picture of the gospel, that's, that's one of the purposes of our marriage. And then our home is to be a picture of this right here. The church, the body of Christ, our home and our family is to be a picture of the body of Christ. And we're a family. We talk about that a lot. I've told you every time I write, the, I mean, even if I'm just writing it in my own uh, spiritual journal or if I'm just making a note in my in fact, right here in my, in my notes, right here where I said, you know we talk about our church as a family all the time. Right here in my notes, that word family is in all capital letters. Because that's so important that we are a family. And what do we know about family? We know that family can be very enjoyable. We love each other we encourage one another we help one another we admonish one another we pray with one another we we grieve with one another when we're grieving we celebrate and rejoice with one another when we're celebrating and rejoice we also know that sometimes we get sideways with somebody in our family don't we you ever, you ever got sideways with your husband or your wife this morning <laughs> you ever got sideways with your kids in some way you ever got mad at your mom and daddy for something? Been hurt by somebody in your family? Yeah. Then that does that not happen in this family too? And so we got to learn how to do this thing called family. And and our homes and our families are a picture of this that we have right here. And then finally, the home and the family are are aided by God's power. So I got one more thing I want to say here. We're home and our family were aided by God's power let me tell you let me tell you so you go to Genesis chapter 3 not going to read the whole thing but in your Bible my Bible uh, the heading over the top of Genesis chapter 3 right there says and my Bible says the fall maybe yours says that or yours says the fall of mankind or mankind's descent into sin or something like that 
But this is it. This is the big one. <laughs> this, I sound like Fred Sanford. That's the big one, Elizabeth. Some of you old people know what I'm talking about. But anyway, um, it's the fall. And this is the big one. This is the, the, that tragic moment. That tragic moment in the first family, a moment that affected their family but has affected every family since then. Because sin entered the world. Shame entered the world. Suffering entered the world. Death entered the world. But let me tell you what God had to say about that. You get to verse 15 and look at what God says in verse 15. He's speaking. God is speaking now. And he's speaking to the serpent, the representative. He's speaking, speaking to Satan here and says to him, I will put enmity, hatred between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He will crush your head and you will bruise his heel. That is called, I've told you this word before, and I would encourage you to write this word in the margin of your Bible and circle it right beside verse 15. And if you don't know how to, uh, to spell this word, come see me afterwards. But the word is this. This is, verse 15, is the proto-evangelium. What? It is the proto-evangelium. I'm not trying to impress you with some Greek word, but let me tell you what that is so important because that word means the first gospel. In other words, this is the first place in the Bible where you see the gospel proclaimed because what God's talking about here, he's talking about that Jesus is coming one day and Jesus is going to crush the head of Satan. And, and sa yes, yeah, Satan's going to bruise his heel. Satan's going to attack him. He's going to bleed and die and all the stuff that we talked about two weeks ago and uh, talking about the cross and talking about the resurrection and Easter and all that kind of stuff. But Jesus won and Jesus crushed the head of Satan on the cross and when he came, uh, rose from the dead. And so right here we see the gospel because that is, the gospel is the power that you and I need in our marriage, in our home, in our family. You need Jesus. In your home, in your family, and in your marriage. It's telling you, we have to have, that's the power. Because y'all listen to me. When you come to know Christ as your Lord and Savior, and if that hasn't happened to you, then let today be the day that you give your life to Jesus. Because I, gotta, I just want to tell you, out of my heart of love for you as your pastor, or if I'm not your pastor because you're a guest here, but out of my heart of love for you just as a person that maybe I hadn't even met you yet, I just want to tell you, if you don't have Jesus in your home and your marriage, you don't have any hope. You need Jesus. But man, here's the good news, that when you have Jesus, you give your heart to Jesus, you have the power. The power to make it through whatever whatever the enemy throws your way in your home, your family, your marriage. Look, I know, I know. I've talked to some of you. We've talked. Some of you, I know. You're struggling. You got some stuff. You got some junk. You got some things. You got some difficulties. Guess what? We're, we're there. There. I'm, I'm with you. I know. We're there. But I'm telling you, when you know Jesus, you got the power. You know what you got the power for? You got the power. You got the power for forgiveness. Listen to me. Listen very, very closely to this. Please listen to this. You, if you write anything down today, I'd, I'd encourage you to write this down. The power of forgiveness. Because you're going to need to forgive your husband or your wife at some point. You're going to need to forgive your kids at some point. You're going to need to forgive your mom and daddy at some point. Let me tell you what forgiveness is. Listen to this. Three things. This way, if you want to write anything down, write this down. Front cover of your Bible on a piece of paper journal whatever if you don't if you don't have anything to write with come get it later or i'll send it to you whatever 
three things. Biblical forgiveness is these three things. Number one, you decide to bear the pain. I don't want to. Well, Jesus didn't want to either, did he? Remember the Garden of Gethsemane? Father, please let this cup pass from me. Biblical forgiveness starts with that. You decide to bear the pain. It's, it's, hard. It's, it's, it's hard. It's hurtful. When your husband or your wife betrays you or hurts you or lies to you or something like that, or your kids do something, they rebel against you, your mom and daddy abandon you or hurt you or what, neglect you, whatever, you gotta, you've got to decide, I'm going to bear the pain. It's, I'm not telling this is easy. I'm just telling this is biblical forgiveness. Number two. Number two is this. You never bring it up again. Oh, John, wait, you didn't, you didn't say, you didn't just say that, did you? Yeah. You never bring it up again. Once forgiveness has happened, you never bring it up again. Hey, does God bring your sins back up to you once he's forgiven you? No. Remember, they're cast as far as the east is from the west. He remembers them no more. You never bring it up again. Third thing is this. You live like it never happened. Oh, man. I know. I know. But isn't that what Jesus does? Aren't you glad Jesus doesn't, doesn't say, yeah, you're forgiven, but I swear to you, if you... Jesus wouldn't say that, would he? That ain't forgiveness. So you see why home and family are aided by God's power. When, but you got to have Jesus. Those three things I told you, you can't do those three things if you ain't walking with Jesus. You have the power, you have the power of forgiveness. You have the power of the Holy Spirit within you. The power of the Holy Spirit. When you come to know Jesus, you get the Holy Spirit. That means you get love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You get all the fruit of the Spirit. You got everything you need. And you got the power of the name and the authority and the power of, Je of the name of Jesus Christ. You have his authority. Our memory verse, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you ask anything you wish, it'll be done for you. That's, that's, the, that's the authority of Jesus. But that's only if you have Jesus. All of these building blocks right here are based on having a relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So if you don't know Christ, I invite you to come to Jesus today. If you do know Jesus, but maybe you look at these, you look at those building blocks, you go, man, what? I'm, they're kind of out, of out of place right now. These, these are kind of out of place. Uh, then, y'all, listen. It's an ongoing process, remember? There will be times when one's going to get out of kilter and you've got to work on something. And that's just part of it. But, man, today could be the day that you say, you know what? I'm, I'm, getting, that one back in, I'm getting that one back in place. I'm going to start working on that one and get that one back in place because this is too important for me to let this go on. So it's all about Jesus. It's his power that we have and, or that you can have. To have the home and the family that God wants you to have. So whatever you need to do today during this invitation. You need to come to this altar. You need to grab your husband or wife by the hand and say, hey, can we go to the altar and just kneel down there and pray? Go ahead. Come on. you got the freedom to do that. You need to come pray with me. I'd love to pray with you if you feel like that will help you i'd be honored to do that or if there's some other decision you know you need to make you come as he leads you this morning let's pray father help us now during this invitation 
to do what you've called us to do, to be obedient to you right now, Father, for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.